happens when you have your mind on your money and your money on your mind, but so does someone else. And what if that someone else is a good friend? When I was in law school, we studied so many cases where friends commingled funds by buying a beach house or a boat together or one loaned the other money. And since they were in the case books, you can guess that that didn't go very well. And that is exactly what we are going to talk about today. Welcome to Friends on Hand, the podcast where we explore the fine art of friendship. I'm Nancy Hand, networking and shy achiever coach. And today we are talking with Yulin Lee. Yulin is a money, wealth, and financial coach. She helps women become more confident, courageous, and intuitive and engaged in their personal finances. Women hire her because they've, they're done with feeling bad about money and they realize that time is running out. Having created her own financial freedom, Yulin's mission in life is to lead more women onto the path of a purposeful life with financial ease. While not geeking out about investing, I love that, Yulin loves to travel, read, and hang out with family and friends over yummy food. Yay. She has a dog named Percy who's learning and has been learning about budgeting with treats and a bilingual parrot named Francesca. I need to know more about that. (laughs) Yulin and I (laughs) met about four years ago in Atlanta at a training, and I I absolutely loved you right off the bat. You walk the talk, and um, I'm always dazzled by by how focused you are on your money. Your mind is on your money, and your money's on your mind. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Nancy, for uh, inviting me to your talk. Well, I have a few questions that I like to get out of the way just right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And one of them is nature or nurture. How did you arrive on the planet? Were you outgoing? Did you come in quietly and and learn to shine? How did that work? Ooh. You mean personally? Is that, is that, are you asking me? Okay. For me, um, gosh, um, I think, I, I think it's a combination. But I do think that the nature has a little bit more weight. This is just my own personal experience uh-huh. that that I think we are born with a certain, um, you know, aspect of ourselves, characteristics or, you know, tendencies or whatever. And so that is a really, to me, I, that's a big part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also doesn't mean that we're stuck with whatever we're born with. Right. And, and this is where the nurture comes in. And so the nurturing part of it is is really like to me. If I can master the, the nurturing process, then I can um, accommodate or correct, if you will, of those mm-hmm. aspects of my nature that I may not like the most. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so yeah. I, I I think uh, yeah. So so that's that's how I think about it. Are you often the first to say hello? Yes. I'm, I am, a, I would say 200% extrovert. <laughs> okay. And so that's the nature, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So how do you, how do you, how do you pick a person? These, these are just my, my crowd yeah. questions. You and I did meet at this big training, you know, and I'm like, right, right. I'll talk to her. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know um, what, when I go to networking events or, or I might just at a social event, I don't intentionally pick anybody. Um, because I always have this, I, I'm really open-minded and I'm not saying it just to, you know, just to get it, you know, yeah. on my own shoulder, but <laughs> I am truly like totally open to new people. Like I, I am 
constantly interested in meeting new people. And so I don't pick people, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's really like whoever's nearest me, you know, it's kind of the natural, like if I'm you are you face to face, yeah. And I would be just like, Hey, Nancy, how are you doing? Right. Yeah. And, and, um, but I don't also have, um, a certain, I don't have any attachment. So, mm-hmm. it, it, and so I think coupled with that is I, I do, uh, do a pretty good job of reading people's body language. Mm-hmm. And so if I get the sense that, you know, this person is either not interested or um, they it's really just not a good time for them at that moment, then I'm usually, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I get the clue and, and I, you know, I either don't go up or I'm like, okay, well, move on and it's okay. And I don't feel hurt or anything. Like I, I don't take anything, any of these things personally. And so, which makes it a lot easier for me, <laughs> you know, to just go say hi. And if, and if there's a same amount of kind of response on the other end, great, let's carry on the conversation. And if not, it's okay. I, I just move on to the next person. So, and, and that kind of attitude and, and approach to the social world does lead to a large network. And I know you have one. How how do you keep in touch with your people? Yeah. So, so I mean, socially, I mean, right now, social media is definitely, you know, a great tool for staying in touch. Um, but I think if I look at my kind of, if, if, you know, all of my friends and contacts, there's different levels of friendship. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, there's the, the core group of friends that you are, maybe you have been with for a long, long time, or, or I've met some friends uh, in the recent years. And, you know, we haven't really known each other for that long, but there's a, a real sense of strong connection. Mm-hmm. And so those inner kind of the inner core group of friends, um, then it's, you know, a lot more, um, you know, one-on-one now is, is mostly messaging, right? In the past, it, it may be on the, you know, pick up a phone and talk. Um, I personally, I'm not big on, I'm not a person big on phone because just because you know, I don't know. Anyway, so for me, <laughs> I love the phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not the kind of person who, who like, who'll be on the, on the call, like, like chatting with somebody for hours. My sister does that, but I'm just mm-hmm. not that like, for me, like, I love to chat with people in person. I, I love mm-hmm. to see the other person. Like maybe that's, that's what it is. Oh. So, so I, I love to meet people in person and, and you know, as, as overwhelming as Zoom has been just because we're stuck. Um, I, I love me pe- meeting people over Zoom. And again, because I, I can see them, you know? So for me, the visual is important. Um, and, and then other than that, it's, you know, it's a, a lot of times it's just a quick text or Facebook messaging uh, messenger. So that's kind of the core group of close friends. And then you have kind of the outer layer, you know, friends that you've met over the years, but they're not close close but then you also kind of you, you know and i i care about knowing how they're doing i just don't have the bandwidth to stay in close contact with everyone right and, right. and those those people are you know I, I think social media like facebook has been great for that you know yes, just through yeah. the post yeah just through the post that you just kind of stay in contact and, and see what's going on you know what's up with the, the other person and, and that's been great and then you know the, the the last layer are just more acquaintances um, again those are all on the social media and uh, over time if it's through my posts or their posts we're both seeing, hey, you know, I like what she says, or, you know, we, maybe we're kind of on the same, um, 
same rhythm or same energy. And, and I'm not shy to reach out and say, hey, I would love to, you know, I've seen your post and I would love to have a virtual coffee with you. I, I'm not shy to do that at all. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think actually you, you introduced yourself to me first, which I, I'm usually, I'm usually the one with the, with the jump on that, but. <laughs> How did I? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, we were talking to Bobby Menard, I think. Um, oh yes. Uh-huh. So this, in this interesting time of COVID, uh, people, some people are having a tough time and they, they are going to reach out to their network and their friends for help, whether it's mm-hmm. help finding a job or, um, some other kind of support. And that's really what I wanted to talk about today because mm-hmm. on a on a good day, that can be a tough conversation. But um, something you mentioned before was that um, money, money can be taboo. And right. also that the subject of money can get so charged that it magnifies other emotions. And I just, let's start talking about that because I'm fascinated by this whole thing. I mean, who hasn't who hasn't had a dramatic rift erupt um, over splitting the bill? Right. You know, I mean, right. even something that small and trivial. You know, I didn't have wine. <laughs> All right. I had was water and a an appetizer. I right. mean, even right. friends did a thing about it. Um, let's let's talk just about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like you said, you know, money magnifies everything. Right. And uh, part of those emotions is also a reflection of of our values, you know, and which Mm -hmm. is something that we for for people who haven't really kind of study into their own kind of money behavior or money story. They may not realize that um, how much of what they do is a reflection of their values and also a reflection of their inner stories, which they, you know, may or may not like those <laughs> stories, right? And so I, I think, um, and so that's why it's, um, it, you know, it's it, it's always a difficult conversation. And so really, you know, what, what we want to ask ourselves is, what is it that we can do to make it better going forward? Or, you know, as parents, what can we do to teach our kids so that um, they don't have to carry the unnecessary baggage on their shoulder, if you will, around money. And and so all of that, to me, it really starts uh, with open communication. And, and, you know, like we talked about before, you know, you know, money is such a taboo thing. And so one of my, my goal and my mission with my work as a financial coach is to help break that taboo. You know, mm-hmm. how can we have a conversation about money without feeling embarrassed or without feeling being judged Mm -hmm. and and if you really think about it i mean if you see a group of guys meeting at for coffee or at a wine bar what do they talk about they talk about business they talk about sports they talk about sex and then they also talk about hey i just invested in the stock or 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 this investment is really doing really well or i've lost a lot of money oh shit you know whatever right Mm -hmm. but how comfortable are women you know group you know group of women getting together over coffee or a glass of wine and yeah and we can talk about you know we talk about family we can talk about relationship we talk about guys and we talk about kids but how often do we say hey you know i just bought some stock and it's doing really really well and this is what I yeah. love to see going forward, you know, like is for, for women to feel equally uh, comfortable uh, to be talking about money uh, and, and without feeling being judged or embarrassed. Exactly. I love that. And as far as friendship goes, 
two things that you just said kind of stood out to me. One is that you really need to know your own, you need to have figured your own money story out right. and, and having it. Now, how do you unravel all of that? If, if the money is sort of the, sort of an apex of a, a pile of values underneath, um, how do you manage that when you are actually in a position of, of asking some, either asking someone for money or being on the receiving end of that question, like, hey, can you help me out? Right, right. In a position where you maybe don't have the means, you're cornered into that space. Right, right. Of an uncomfortable position. So unpack that, please. Yeah. So actually, I think what you just mentioned are probably, it's almost like a two-step process. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are in a particular situation right now, let's, you know, like, for example, COVID, right? It's Mm -hmm. an immediate uh, thing that... um, that you know somebody's dealing with with financial difficulty and so they're they're being cornered in the place of i am totally struggling and i really need some help and so you know from you know if you're really in that situation then then that's what we need to focus on um the the unraveling your money story i encourage people to to it because it's it's a process so Mm -hmm. I, i encourage people to kind of do that work when you're not in a crisis Right. right, because it's not a, it's not something you you can just figure it out overnight. It's like, oh yeah, I've cleared. I mean, just imagine, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are, 40, 50, 30. That's you know, that's that many years of accumulation of what you grew up with, and so so it is kind of a two separate thing. Now, if you were talking about like in a COVID situation where um, you are you know really struggling and and really needing some help. What I see are, you know, kind of two two ends of the spectrum. One is, um, you know, for somebody who's needing the help, they are also probably struggling to figure out how to make the ask, right? Mm-hmm. And and then, um, so I think what could help when you're asking, uh, whether it's asking your friends or maybe family member, uh, what could really help and make it easier on the other person is is before you make the ask to do some homework on your on yourself like on your end meaning um so let's say for example if you've lost a job then what is your plan for moving forward right so you know one obvious answer could be yeah i'm looking for a new job well but what if your job requires a physical presence right so let's say if if you are a uh, a, a waitress at a restaurant or well, if the restaurants are closed you know you can't really go find a new job um, successfully right now in, in this condition and so what are the other things that you are thinking or might be able to do even if it's just for the interim um, to kind of help you yourself to get out of that situation and again, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are, you have to have a clear and perfect plan. I think what's more important is for the other person to see that you are proactively also helping yourself to get out of the situation. Because I, I think at the end of the day, as human you know beings, we all want to help people that we can see they also want to help themselves, right? right. And, and and so um, I think if you can go in that into that conversation with some plan of your own, both in terms of, you know, how are you going to, what are you doing to replenish and replace the, the income that you've lost? And then also the other part is, you know, what's your plan for paying back? And again, mm-hmm. all of this is just 
making the other person feel easier and and you know whether it's going to be a stretch on their end or not i think you know whoever's lending out the money will will, will feel that sense of um uh assurance that that they are doing the right thing right by helping you and and so you know whether it's you know you have a plan to pay the person back uh as soon as you find a job or maybe it's over installment you know whatever that is and again it doesn't have to be the perfect plan it just it just needs to show that you've thought through it it's kind of like you know you know it's i mean i guess the scenario may not be the same analogy to going into an interview, but really the interaction is really the same in that, you know, how can you best prepare yourself? Right. And, and I think in the, in the space for someone who is, who's in that survival mode and, oh my God, I don't have enough for rent or whatever. Right. They, they are going to be, um, it's a little harder, I think, for them to slow down and, and take a beat and really think this through. Right. And, and which is why, why it's, it's even more important to, you know, to kind of remind them of that because it's easy to, and, and totally, right. It's, it's, I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. I'm frozen. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I get that and, and, you know, totally process it and let it out and journaling always helps. So if, you know, you have all these, uh, big fear over, oh my God, what, you know, Am I going to be on the street or, you know, whatever, just write it down, right. To, to find that the avenue for, for yourself to letting out whatever emotions and that you need to process. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, if we want to turn around and ask for help, then I would say, you know, this is something that if you do upfront, you'll have a higher chance of getting help okay. uh, from, from, from somebody else. And, and, you know, this is kind of focusing on, on the friendship aspect of this. Um, what about on the flip side? If you are approached by a friend mm-hmm. and whether, whether you do like maybe two scenarios, you have the money mm-hmm. or you don't have the money. Either mm-hmm. way, you have to look at that situation and decide um, how much how much you're willing to give or loan. Right. What sort of what sort of uh, things should someone like that be looking for other than to have you know, whoever's coming to them with a plan, obviously, but um, loaning versus giving and mm-hmm. things like that. Do you have opinions about that? Well, um, yeah. So on the flip side, again, it, it depends on your ability to either loan or give. But um, I would also, again, ask the same question of uh, not necessarily, you know, asking a friend, say, hey, what's your plan, you know, for, for paying me back? But, right. but but it's really more about um, just kind of seeing what the other person's plan, because if you really want to help them, it's not just about handing over the money, right? It's really more about ha- giving them the money and then help them to best utilize it. And so, so, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, if I, I can think of a scenario of between a parent and, and, and the child, right? So do you just hand over the money and, and say, go at it? Or do you give the money and say, Hey, so what is your plan for doing this? Is there anything else I can help you with? And, and so that, um, it's not just a simple transaction, but more of as a friend, how else can I help and support you? And obviously money is a tool as part of that process, but it's, mm. it's more than just here's the money. 
you know, I like if, I, if I think, you know, if I think of myself as a friend on that side of being asked, right, I personally wouldn't just give them money and say, go away, right? Like, <laughs> I, would be, I would be really interested in, so tell me what's your plan. Uh, here's the money I can loan you or give you, but tell me what's, what's your plan and is there anything else I can help you? Because ultimately that's going to be helping them to succeed, right, uh, or, or have a better chance of succeeding um, by doing the combination of money and then also just uh, maybe even the the emotional support, right? Having someone to talk through because oftentimes too, it's a person who's in the crisis mode. They they may not be thinking straight just because of all this stress. And so, by in in the process of lending them the money or giving them money, if you can walk them through a bunch of different scenarios or just just be the the, the soundboard for for them to kind of talk through, I think that will also help a lot in in helping them to get back on their own feet. Right. And you, you also mentioned, and I think it's relevant, very relevant, is that it, it can be really embarrassing to, to do that, to have to ask. Yeah. Um, flip side is, I mean, you, we've all heard the stories of, of somebody who was loaned money for tuition, for example, and, you know, went to spring break with it or um, yeah. whatever. So I do like the idea of asking about a plan yeah. um, just and to then, be sure that, you no. Know. Right. Right. And then I think, um, you know, both parties should really, you know, I mean, again, to avoid any future problem or damage to the friendship is to just be very upfront about, you know, what is the expectation, right? Is this loaned money or is this a gift? And if it's loaned money, um, is it going to be interest involved, right? Mm. I think because if you don't mention it, maybe the person who's giving you the money, who's loaning you the money, say, hey, if it's a loan, then there should be interest. And they right. may be too, too embarrassed to ask or, or to, to say it. They expect you, the person who wants to borrow, to offer it, right? So, that, you know, a, a lot yes. of these, these things around money, like people may have a certain idea, but they're just too yeah. embarrassed to, to bring it up. They're really hoping the other person to, to bring it up. And My so, greeting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's why you know I I think that uh, whoever's the first person kind of open the conversation, uh, because you know there there may be cases where a friend is in deep trouble, but they're just too embarrassed, too kind of freaked out about even just asking for help. You know, too scared to ask for help. And so, mm-hmm. as a friend, you're seeing you're like you know I want to help her. You know, and so you, maybe you will make that uh, to make it easier for the other per- you know, for your friend and say hey do you need help? Um, you know, if you like, if you're in a, in a crunch, you know, I can loan you some money. Right. And so if, mm-hmm. when you make that offer also make it very clear what your expectation is. So I, I think whoever brings up the conversation should at least be prepared to talk about it. Let me ask you this <laughs> kind of like a prenup is, um, you know, do you recommend people have something in writing if it is a loan? So that, those, so that the terms can't change later on because there may not be interest at the front end, but right. somewhere along the way, somebody or somebody's spouse might say, aren't you charging them interest? Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I always, always recommend friends, you know, whether it's getting to business together or buying property together, as you mentioned earlier, or, or any kind of financial transition mm-hmm. transaction is to have something in writing. And even though 
maybe on the outside it, that in itself might be awkward because you know it's like oh well we're just we're friends right we don't need that well um what I think it, what, you? <laughs> what's that yeah what do you take me for I'm not gonna rip you off uh, yeah 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 exactly <laughs> yeah. so so but you know if really if someone is thinking that way it, it's even more reason to right mm -hmm. just because uh, you just never know you know people change circumstances change and and also um you know maybe the the expectation change right you know at the, at the beginning you know neither party really care and it depends on how long the the, the term is right and so if, if it gets dragged out for many years people may change their idea so yeah everything's mm -hmm. writing yeah and they may not be friends anymore for some other reason even right right so what are some ways of approaching this conversation, any conversation about money to, that maybe could disarm it? And on, on the front end, even just saying, hey, you know what? Talking about money is hard, but I wanna, I wanna ask you something. Or I know this is kind of taboo and you normally, and we don't talk about this stuff, but kind of important right now. Do you have any other, any other verbiage around that that could be helpful? Um, I think what you just said is 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 it would be helpful. Uh, to me, it's all about just being honest and open, and um, it, it's easy to 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 get into the defensive mode for you know for us as human beings. And so, um, I would say just come clean and say exactly like you said. You know, I know money is a kind of an awkward conversation but I'm really in a crunch and I could really use some help. Is that something that you will be open to have a conversation with? You know, something like that. And, and, and also just, you know, leave enough space and room for the other person to, 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 to back out without feeling guilty. Right. Because again, you know, if, if we're friends, you know, we don't want this awkward conversation. And if the other friend is really um, not able to help you, then you want to make sure it's not um, going to be an awkward kind of a occurrence, you know, for the friendship. And so for the person who, on the other hand, it says, you know, if she's also really in a tough situation that she would love to help you, but she really can't, then I would say, you know, go the extra mile and explain why you can at the moment. And again, you don't have to go into the detail, like talk about all of your finances, because again, for them, it's probably also difficult to talk about, but you can also just make it clear that, um, you know, I've got these things going on right now and I'm only getting my part-time job, you know, whatever the circumstances are. So they understand that, that, you know, it's, it, it's, you are, you aren't able to, as opposed to you're not willing to. <laughs> so. Right. Right. And that's, that's another thing. Cause that, that can open up a whole, a whole bunch of shame on either side. Like you're asking me, but I can't, I, now I have to reveal everything about me to you. So you don't feel bad that I can't give money to you. And that right. can snowball too. Right? right. Right. And then also, um, you know, for the person who has been asked and, and they can't help another thing to maybe keep in mind to, to, to think about or to ask is, um, what do you need like, other than money what else do you need because maybe you can't help them financially in that particular arrange more mm -hmm. scenario that they have in their mind but maybe you're able to help them in a different way 
And so, so by asking, you know, okay, other than the money, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Like, what are the things that you um, are trying to get to, right? Because maybe you may have some resources that your friend doesn't, and you may be able to help her solve those problems with the resources that you have and not necessarily money itself. And that, you know, sometimes comes in the way of a network, actually. Yeah. Well, I might know somebody who can help. And, yeah, exactly. and, you know, in the case of I've, I've helped people scout for venture capital before, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, investors. And you're looking around at the friend group going, okay, <laughs> who, who could be a possibility here? Right. Um, and that's, that's another way of opening up your um, resources that's to right. someone who needs that's right. that's right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So what specifically makes makes money isolating for people? Is it just the the stigma around it? Well, there's a lot of, I mean, so, you know, with almost all the clients that I work with, what I realize is that almost all of them, whatever issue they may have around money, and whether it's, you know, in, in the Actually, most of the time, it's not about how much money that they have or don't have. It's really their relationship around money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's always traces back to their childhood, uh, their you know upbringings, you know whatever something happened in their life in the in the earlier years that caused a certain story or you know what in in the coaching we call the key decision right that they've decided certain things certain beliefs around money and and they carry that you know around with them as part of their identity and so um and you know for different culture you know we have different stories but you know for the most part we're always being told um you know you don't want to talk about money for 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 different reasons right Mm -hmm. And, and so part of it is just because we never grew up comfortable, we never learned how to have money conversations comfortably and without, you know, just being kind of, like I said earlier, like being honest and straight uh, without too much drama, right? So we've never really learned or being uh, taught or being empowered to do that. And so as an adult, because we already carry on all the stories on our shoulder and we bring all of that into conversations with others. And so right. if, you, if you imagine everyone <laughs> bring their own, own baggage, right? And, and so it just, well, um, yeah. But uh, my, my, mine is good. I'll give you a glimpse at it. My dad was a, a personal injury um, maritime attorney and he did very well for himself, but I didn't hear, money was not discussed around me until I was 14. Mm-hmm. And, um, but growing up, he, um, he would go all in with these big cases and there were, we would literally have everything mortgaged. I mean, like doubled down second mortgage, everything's in hock and he would support these cases until they pay out. And when they paid out, thankfully he was good at what he did. We went from that to suddenly there's a new car and there's a boat and there's this and there's that. And then, and then we do it again. So it was this dramatic roller coaster. Yeah. And without really realizing, I got used to living on the razor edge, fine mm-hmm. with it. Like, I will go all the way to the very edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's ne- I've never been worried that there wouldn't be money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting take. And um, it I had to make a lot of corrections when I married Will because that's not how he was raised. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I was just going to say that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. He's 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 used to the steady Freddy life, you know. Right. And, and I'm I'm like I'm like roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and, and, and that's that beast. <laughs> right, right. And that's probably when you when you realize, oh my god, you know, like how much influence you would probably like uh, most of us we probably didn't realize how much influence we got from our parents, right? Like, even yeah. if they would, you know, in your impre- in your cautious impression that we never really talked about money, but you were learning everything about money through their their behaviors. Yeah, lean times. Yeah. Then we're Elvis. Lean times. Now we're Elvis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but and what's funny is I didn't even recognize that pattern, even though I played it out over and over again, um, like you know, in different in my different businesses and that kind of thing. I was like, oh my gosh, I am literally living living the pattern. And once once I was able to recognize it and put a put a pin on it, go okay. <laughs> we're going to, this is going to change. It was, it did take effort Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it took, it took some, you know, mindfulness about how I was approaching money and really thinking about, you know, my relationship with money, which was very much colored by my upbringing. So, um, I am, you know, kind of an adrenaline junkie too. So that doesn't, (laughs) (laughs) right. But with with friends, um, how can you how can you keep money from being an issue with friends when maybe maybe you've made it and your friends are still in a in another tax bracket, mm. or or maybe your friends have all gone on to big things and you've taken a a more social path and and you're out there changing the world, but you're not making a bunch of money. Right. Um, how do you? How do you stay in relationships and play with your friends when there's inequity? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and something I've also gone through myself, exactly like you said, right? In that some of my friends are have really taken off and just doing so well, like off the chart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some friends are still kind of at where we were when we were fresh out of college. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think at the end, for me, it's really about grounding yourself in that um, knowing that, you know, how much I have doesn't change or doesn't define who I am. Mm-hmm. And and you might see and, and I, I you know I, I I've seen it in my friends where you know there are friends who've really made it and now they have a completely different kind of attitude towards life or attitude towards their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if that's the case, it's okay, you know. And and I, again, I I don't let it get to me. I don't have the certain expectations again. Um, whereas I've also had friends who, like I said, who's really made it, who's uh, just off the chart successful. And, you know, we haven't seen each other for 15 years and then we get together and there's still the same old them. Right. Yeah. And, and I just really, really appreciate that. And, and so part of that is knowing like, you know, who are the real people that, that I want to, you know, really hang out with. It doesn't even have to be hang out. Like at least in my heart are the true friends. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, because we don't have to, like, you know, true friendship really goes beyond space and time. And so in my heart, I'm sorry, what's that? <laughs> it does. Thank you for, for bringing yeah. that up. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, you know, I, I think either way, I don't want to live my life having to worry about either, adjusting either way, right? And mm-hmm. that you may have friends who aren't, uh, as successful as you are, and they may be feeling um, whether there's jealous or or whatever, then you know it's their issue. I don't want to take it on. And so for me, you know, just as an individual, I I find the only way for me to stay sane, <laughs> so it is to uh, to really ground myself and and remember that how much money I have doesn't define who I am. So therefore how I treat my friends aren't going to change in, you know, in, 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 whether it's today or tomorrow, I, I, I win a huge lottery or whatever, you know? Um, oh. And then, but then I also don't get uh, too affected by how the other people um, react to me. Right. And so if there are people who are now super successful and they're kind of like above us, that's fine. Then, you know, I don't have to be in that circle. Um, and then there, if there are other friends who are just jealous or whatever, then I will let them go also. And because I don't want to really take on their energy one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, but I am also, you know, I, I do want to be sensitive in that, you know, they're, there have been cases where, you know, I may have a friend who isn't necessarily doing as well as I am financially, but, you know, we would love to go on a trip together, for example, right? And mm-hmm. so if I was traveling by myself, I might want to stay at some nice place. But knowing um, she's not exactly at the same level right now, mm-hmm. um, I let her choose, like, wherever you're comfortable, wherever you like to stay you know, it's fine with me. So part of it is also being sensitive to the other party where you know they're not able to afford the same thing that I can at this moment, at least. I um, love that. And so so just being sensitive to that. And then, but then also um, on the other hand, you know, if, if, if on the other hand of the spectrum, you know, if they're going all out and, um, and if I feel like, oh my God, that's such a stretch for me, then I don't have to go. I don't have to be, um, you know, I, I'm not keeping up with the Joneses. You just made me think of the funniest thing, and it's true. I'm just going to bring this up because you've seen it. I've seen it. We've all seen it. Mm-hmm. The bridesmaid mm-hmm. or, or like, like when someone is asked to be maid of honor or whatever, and the it's too much. It's too, it costs too much. The dress costs too much. The parties cost too much, like too much of that financial demand. And it can be very expensive depending on the bride, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you, have you had any of that come up ever? Uh, personally, no. Um, yeah, no, not personally. Cause I had a small, I only had two bridesmaids, so it wasn't a big, huge party. So I've, I, every now and then I'll see a post about it or, or you see a piece of news about it where the bride, like some bridesmaid has bailed because it, the bride just set things up in a very extravagant way and they couldn't afford to. Right, but, right. Um, an extreme example for sure. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, 
definitely that's not something I would do personally. I mean, if I were to anytime, if I know if I'm asking my friend to do something that involves um, a financial expense on their end, I am very sensitive to that. And, you know, if I know that it would be a stretch for them and, um, you know, I either chip in or I, I don't ask. And, and I will also say that, that money is a metric of success. There are other, there are other ways to um, define it. Mm-hmm. It's a part of it. Um, and I, I suppose that recognizing someone else's other areas of success um, would be a good thing to do too. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. And, mm-hmm. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was listening. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'll see you. <laughs> no, 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 I, I was going to, I was just going to say that, that exactly what you said, which is um, it's important to always remember that money is not the only success measure, which, um, it, which tends to be just because it's easier to measure. Mm-hmm. Well, right? and I will even say it going forward with, with friendship, I've been teaching networking for so long for business. And of course, net, your network and your net worth and all of that, it's tied together. It is. But when I started talking about friendship and other aspects of friendship, I've, I've gotten some serious blowback from it because the, the question has been, why am I going to make money from it? I'm like, no, it's not just about money. This is about a quality of life. It's health and, and wealth and happiness and longevity. All of that is tied into this, this quality relationship or the quality of your friendships and your, your network. And um, I think knee jerk, the wide world wants to attach things to money. Mm-hmm. And, and how much do you find that that goes into the money story? Like, do you, have you found money attached to things that are just absurd belief systems and that kind of thing? Um, yeah. I mean, in, you know, in, in, I guess different people in different ways. I, I work with um, uh, a lot of divorcing women or women who are going through divorce, mm-hmm. and so I see that money really represents their relational placement in the in the in that in the in the marriage. Right. So, for mm-hmm. example, if the and in, in most of the cases that I work with, you know, the husband is making a lot of money successful and the wife hasn't been working for 10, 15 years. And so she hasn't earned anything quote unquote in, in both of their mind. And also she doesn't have any earning power. And so that in itself oftentimes make the woman feel very, very small. Right. So, so yeah, it's, well, it's the, you know, so talk about attaching the money to, you know, the concept of, their own self-worth, usually their self-worth is very, very low. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and and it's, um, it is, it's scary. I mean, it's, it's very, very interesting. I've had cases where I was helping a woman who are, who was going through a divorce and, you know, again, typical scenario where um, he made all the money and she's just been kind of out of touch for many years. And so now she needs to learn how to get back on her own feet. And in, um, I was helping her to try to figure out her finances and working with her banks. And, um, so we would have our conversation during our coaching session. I would prep her 
so that she can pick up the phone and call because I don't want to do every, everything for the, for my clients, right? Sure. I, I want my clients to do things for themselves so they can actually be self-sufficient. They don't have to use me as a crutch constantly. And so, um, you know, we would have the conversation about how to, you know, talk to your banker and blah, blah, blah. And then everything is fine. But then as soon as she pick up the phone, start talking to the people on the other end, her voice turned into a little girl. Oh, wow. Hi. You know, it's like, oh, my God, you know, and she probably doesn't even realize she's doing it. But it's it's it was a clear indication, you know, how she's been seeing herself when it comes to money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, money babies. Yeah. Oh, well, for our listeners, um, what advice would you give someone who might be eager to really take a deeper look at their money story and maybe start making some changes? How would one go about that exploration? Yeah, you know, so I have a, a money personality quiz on my website, and that's usually a fun place uh, to start because, again, I know that uh, money is a difficult conversation, and it's also just a kind of dry and scary subject for people to want to get into it. And mm-hmm. so um, taking the money personality quiz just to kind of get a taste for, so what so, am I? Am I am I a spender? <laughs> am I a, you know, a hoarder? Or am I more like a philosopher where I'm like, oh, I don't need money. I can live on my cloud, you know, kind of. Um, so, you know, I, I, that would be one easy way to get started is to, to really get to understand become aware your spending pattern, your, your behaviors around money. And then the second step is from, from there, you can start thinking about, okay, so where does that come from? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I'll tell you another story. When I, one of the clients that I was talking to, she, she was an avoider. Like she doesn't want to deal with money. Right. So she's like, I want to do this, but I don't want to touch the money part of it. And so I asked her, I was like, so where do you think that came from? And, you know, she's like, I don't know. So we were just chatting, chatting. And, and then what, and then she said, well, you know, when I was, um, you know, younger in the early teens, I had a toy that I, there was something that she really wanted to buy for herself. And um, she was saving up the money for it. And, um, but uh, her parents found out and then she, um, got it for Christmas present. And um, she was really, really mad. It took her power uh, away. Yeah, yeah. She was really trying to do something for herself. And so she gave up after that. She's like, I, I don't want to deal with it. And so, you know, it's when I hear stories like that, it's like, oh, my God, um, did I screw up my child? You know? <laughs> Because, because there are there are you know just because these are little things right and so um and it's not like you know it was a bad parenting or anything it was like a loving parent right um so there are things that happen that we you know as a as a kid we somehow whether it's correctly or incorrectly form certain stories and that's being kind of how who we are our identity so uh one you know uh, beyond just kind of understanding your own spending behaviors is to kind of go to the next step of, you know, what, where did that come from? And that might take some soul searching, you know, and it's, it may or may not come to you right away, but it's um, yeah. So that would be another um, 
path I would take is, is um, kind of understanding the source of the stories. I love that. And I love it, especially because it really does underscore that, that when people go back into their histories looking for some catastrophic event that causes a behavior. And a lot of times it's not that it's just something very subtle. And that, yeah. what you said is a prime example of just, it wasn't like not even a huge, it was a big deal for her at the time. But when she told you, she was probably like, yeah, there was this time. And that's, I've heard that with my clients too, for, for things like, uh, you know, performance anxiety and, and stage fright and that kind of thing. So right it's a little thing. It's a moment in time that just gets, it slips through the cracks, but it makes an impact. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. And it forms that, that, that story that, that they carried in, in their head. Well, I have really, really enjoyed this conversation. I know our listeners did too. And, uh, if someone wants to find you, let me see if I can do this. It is your website is www.projectm-mindmoney.com. And I will put all of this in the show notes or um, attach it to the podcast episodes. Um, any any other way for them to get in touch with you that you would like to say? Well, I mean, the website is the best place. And um, I do offer a complimentary discovery session for anyone who is interested in exploring for themselves their own money stories. And then also really to, to you know, figure out a path to really create their financial independence. For, Excellent. Yeah. I can't wait to take a quiz. I'm totally going to go do that. <laughs> yeah, please do. And then let me well, know what, it, what you get. You are welcome back in the old time. And friends, reach out to you, Lynn, if you are ready to change your money story and, and create more uh, financial freedom for yourself in 2021. There are, there are opportunities abounding. So go grab them and Yulin will help you shepherd through them. And of course, if this resonated with you, it is all about connection. Connect with me if you yearn to have deeper and more meaningful friendships and more supportive professional networks. You can find me at nancyhand.com. And remember, friendships make you smarter, happier, stronger, healthier, wealthier, not to mention being absolutely, absolutely fun, fulfilling, and joyful. So get out there and make a new friend and we will see you next time.